Hello, this is Yusra from newsrondi.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 6th of December. According to the Union Health Ministry, India recorded 8306 new COVID-19 cases on Monday, taking the total tally of infections to 3.46 crore since the beginning of the pandemic in January last year. With 211 new deaths in the last 24 hours, the official death toll stands at 4.73 lakh. The number of Omicron infections in India rose to 21 on Sunday after seven new cases were detected in Maharashtra, one in Delhi, and nine in Rajasthan. The National Technical Advisory Group on Immunization met today on Monday to discuss the matter of inoculating children and administering additional doses of the COVID-19 vaccine to those with a weak immune system. The Hindustan Times reported. The meeting comes amid concerns about a third wave of the coronavirus disease following the emergence of the Omicron variant. Given the concerns, Union Health Minister Mansukh Mandviya has reviewed RT-PCR testing facilities for passengers coming from at-risk countries at the Delhi airport. In a tweet, the health minister said 35 RT-PCR testing machines were functional within the terminal 3 of the airport and the testing time could be reduced to 30 minutes. According to an Associated Press report, Russian President Vladimir Putin hopes for a quick approval of the country's Sputnik V coronavirus vaccine by the World Health Organization, saying that it was essential to expand the vaccine's global supplies. The Gamilia Institute that developed the vaccine has said that it should be efficient against the Omicron variant, but announced that it will start working immediately on adapting it to counter the new variant. Dr. Anthony Fossey, the chief medical advisor to United States President Joe Biden, has stated that the early reports on the Omicron variant indicate that it may be less dangerous than the Delta version, the Hindustan Times reported. However, the doctor cautioned against drawing premature conclusions about the severity of illness caused by Omicron based on initial data. A special investigation team was formed on Sunday by the Nagaland government to inquire into the deaths of 14 civilians who were gunned down by security forces in the state's Mon district on Saturday, Scroll reported. The investigation team comprises Inspector General of Police Lima Sonip Jamir, Director General of Police Rupa M, Superintendent of Police Crime Manoj Kumar, Superintendent of Police Kilang Waling and Deputy Commandant Rilo Ai. The order says, and I quote, In order to facilitate free and fair investigation of the case and looking at the complexity of the case which may involve investigation in multiple jurisdictions beyond the district it has been decided to transfer the investigation of the matter to the state crime police station unquote According to the Nagaland Home Department a first information report under Indian Penal Code sections 302 punishment for murder 307 attempt to murder and 34 common intention has also been filed at the Tizid police station As per a copy of the FIR accessed by NDTV, the intention of security forces was to murder and injure civilians. Chief Secretary of Nagaland J Alam has announced a compensation of rupees 5 lakh to the families of the 13 civilians who were killed in the firing on Saturday, PTI reported. The cost of the injured civilians medical treatment will also be borne by the government. Amid loud protests from the opposition today, Union Home Minister Amit Shah addressed the Nagaland civilian killings in both the houses of the parliament, expressing regret over the army operation gone wrong. NDTV reported. On Saturday evening, a vehicle in Mon district was ambushed by soldiers in which six workers returning to Otting village from a coal mine in a nearby forest were killed. Allegedly, the coal mine workers were mistaken to be insurgents from the Yung Ong faction of the banned National Socialist Council of Nagaland by a member of the security forces, PTI reported. 
The army claims that its personnel had launched the security operation based on credible intelligence of likely movement of insurgents. In response to the ambush, local residents set the vehicles of the security forces on fire. As soldiers fled, they shot dead more civilians. Locals entered a camp of the Assam Rifles on Sunday afternoon to protest against Saturday's killings. One person was killed and another injured in the scuffle that ensued. On Sunday night, residents organized candlelight vigils across the state to mourn those killed. Placards were put up in the district demanding repeal of the Armed Forces Special Powers Act, and on Monday morning, thousands of residents attended the funeral to pay their last respects to the civilians killed in the ambush. Trinamool Congress also sent a five-member delegation to Nagaland on Monday to stand in solidarity with the families of the killed civilians. As the northeastern state thunders with public anger against Armed Forces Special Powers Act, head over to newsroundy.com and read Samrat's report for a timeline of events of what really transpired in Nagaland and what are people so angry about. The report is titled Ambush, Mob Fury and a Lawless Law, a timeline of what happened in Nagaland on December 4th. And if you like what we do, then consider supporting us. Click on the subscribe button on the top right-hand corner and pay to keep news free. On Monday, under the Indo-Russia Rifles Private Limited Program for Military Technical Cooperation, India signed a contract with Russia to procure 6,1427 AK-203, ANI reported. The two countries also signed a treaty to amend the agreement on cooperation for Kalashnikov series small arms manufacturing dated February 18, 2019. The agreements were a result of Indian Defence Minister Rajnath Singh meeting his Russian counterpart General Sergei Shoigu in Delhi. Both the leaders, along with India's External Affairs Minister S. Jaishankar and his Russia counterpart Sergei Lavrov held a 2 plus 2 inter-ministerial dialogue. Prime Minister Narendra Modi will hold a meeting later in the day with Russian President Vladimir Putin as part of the 21st India-Russia Annual Summit, Scroll reported. During the 2 plus 2 inter-ministerial dialogue, Singh commented on the defence engagements between India and Russia, describing them as having progressed in an unprecedented manner in recent times and said that he hoped that Moscow would remain New Delhi's partner. Shoigu further added, and I quote, Russia-India defence cooperation is important for the relations between our two countries during these times. I am confident that Russia and India will help in enhancing regional security. Unquote. Modi's Monday meeting with Putin will be their first face-to-face -face meeting after November 2019 when they met on the sidelines of the BRICS summit in Brasilia. The annual summit between Russia and India was not held in 2020 because of the COVID-19 pandemic. The National Investigation Agency that challenged Bombay High Court's default bail to lawyer activist Sudha Bhardwaj in the Bhima Koregaon violence case has requested an urgent listing of its petition in the Supreme Court on Monday, Live Law reported. Bhardwaj, who has been in jail since 2018, was granted a default bail by a two-judge bench of the High Court on December 1st. She was asked by the court to approach the Special National Investigation Agency court by December 8th to finalise modalities about her release and bail conditions. But on December 3rd, her bail order was challenged by the National Investigation Agency in the Supreme Court. According to Live Law, Solicitor General Tushar Mehta on Monday brought up the agency's petition before Chief Justice of India N.V. Ramana. Bar and Bench reported the response of the Chief Justice of India as saying, We will see. Bhardwaj was among the 16 activists, lawyers and academicians who have been arrested for allegedly conspiring to set off caste violence in a village near Pune in 2018. 
Among the nine applicants who had sought for bail, only Bhardwaj's petition met the criteria required for default bail. The continued imprisonment of activists and academicians in the Bhima Koregaon case based on allegedly flimsy evidence has been criticized by members of the civil society. Those accused in the Bhima Koregaon case have consistently faced targeted vilification on mainstream television. Check out this week's TV news since to see how back in 2018 an unverified letter with zero credibility was attributed to Sudha Bhardwaj on national television to run a smear campaign against her as TV news anchors tried to write her off as #urbannaxal During an address on Sunday in South Goa ahead of the 2022 assembly elections Aam Aadmi Party chief Arvind Kejriwal promised that his party would increase the monthly income of every woman in Goa by rupees 1000 if it forms the next government Under the current state sponsored Griha Aadhar scheme the monthly compensation provided to women is rupees 1500 This would be increased to rupees 2500 Kejriwal said on Sunday While women above the age of 19 who are not covered under the scheme would be paid rupees 1000 per month he added If voted to pa the Aam Aadmi Party pledges that it will fund this rupees 500 crore scheme claiming that the monthly remuneration will help up to 5.5 lakh women in Goa the Hindustan Times reported The Aam Aadmi Party has assured a similar monthly compensation of rupees 1000 to every woman in Punjab if they are voted to pa in the 2022 state assembly elections Ousted civilian leader Aung San Suu Kyi has been sentenced to 4 years in jail by a Myanmar court on Monday for provoking dissent against the military and breaching COVID-19 rules the Associated French Press reported Myanmar military spokesperson Major General Zhao Mintu said Suu Kyi was sentenced to 2 years imprisonment under Myanmar's law section 505B punishment for making statements to cause unrest and 2 years imprisonment under natural disaster law According to a report in the Guardian, Sushi is one of more than 10,600 people who've been arrested by the Myanmar army since February as documented by the non-profit organization Assistance Association for Political Prisoners. Sushi has been under house arrest since a military coup in February and charged in dozens of criminal cases. Myanmar's army took part in the country months after the victory of Sushi's National League for Democracy in the national elections in November 2020. Scroll reported Citing allegations of fraud, the country's military refused to accept the elected government and also announced that the coup was the result of the government's failure to delay the November 2020 elections despite the outbreak of the coronavirus. The military's takeover drew flak from several foreign governments. Earlier this year on 1st August 2021, Myanmar's military leader, Senior General Min Aung Yang, declared himself prime minister for 6 months after seizing power from the elected government. He also announced a national state of emergency that would be extended for another 2 years, Reuters reported. That's all the news we have for you today. Stay safe from the din of disinformation and come back for your daily dose tomorrow. All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.